This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be chatting with an individual who competes at BKFC 56, which goes down on December the 2nd, and defending that BKFC Flyweight Championship once again in a rematch against Beck Rawlings. Very excited to have Christine Faria back on the show. How's everything going there, Christine? Everything's great. Training's going great. Um, Super focused. Feel very strong Um, and ready. Yeah, and it seems like you're really focusing on all the aspects that are within your control, but I saw you had a post kind of recently asking why Beck Rawlings wasn't at the press conference, that BKFC Salt Lake City press conference and everything like that. Like, what was your, I guess, general sentiment and feeling posting that? It seemed like you were frustrated that maybe she's not promoting the fight as much as you would like. Yeah, I mean, she's focused. She's doing what she wants. She's Yeah, and that was a sentiment that came across when we were last talking, just trying to elevate the sport, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we have to. I've been with this company now five years and been here since the beginning, so I'm I'm passionate about it. I'm connected to it. Um, It's given me a lot of opportunity, so whatever helps me, I'd like to help back, you know, so that's that's my frustration. I just feel like she, um, I I don't know her reasons, but I feel like... Like I said, she's a pillow princess. She wants everything done for her. She wants all the work done by the, by everybody else. I mean, there's more to the fight game than just focusing on yourself and um, the training. Uh, it's the business end of it, you know, and that's that's important too. Yeah, I guess just even speaking to the business end of it, because I feel like you'd be a great person to ask about this because you've been with BKFC for so long, like you said, why you're so passionate about trying to lift everything up, but that you know fight you had at BKFC 41, it seemed like such like a game changer of an event for you know bare knuckle in the modern era in general. It seems like this show has a fair amount of hype going into it as well. Like, how does I guess the hoopla or hype feel heading into this one, maybe as compared to the BKFC 41 card you were part of? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't feel anything behind it. You know, I, I think. I think it's going to be a, an explosive fight, though. I, you know, I think, you know, it's going to speak for itself. But at the same time, you know, we, we want to get the eyes on it at the time, you know, not just after. I know it's going to be a big deal after the fight. I think it's going to be it, it's going to be a really, really, really good fight. Um, but I prefer to have it leading up as well, you know. But whatever, you know. Uh, she She's, I can only antagonize and poke the, you know, poke so much. <laughs> and before, I mean, I'm not going to overextend myself. And, um, you know, um, on her behalf, uh, I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do my part. 
don't feel like the hype going up into it is as much as it could be and as much as we could be doing, but it is what it is. Yeah, and I guess just even kind of touching on that last fight, just with this upcoming one being a rematch, like, was there anything from that first fight that Beck did where maybe it differed from your preconceived notions? Like, did anything kind of stand out as different from your initial game plan you made or kind of just fell into place pretty fluidly, if you'd say? Um, I know she's tough. Australians are tough as hell. They don't stop coming no matter how much they're getting punched in the face or getting punched or getting hit. They just keep coming. I knew she was tough. Um, no, I mean, it, it was everything that I thought. Uh, every fight is tough. Every human is tough. Anybody that steps in there, especially against me, um, you have to be extremely, you know, brave and confident. You know, you have to have something inside of you because I have a reputation and and a, um, you know, a, a crazy, you know, crazy fights that they have to look at and prepare their self mentally for. So if they can last the whole camp and then want to come back and do it again i mean i know there's there's something there you know you're tough mentally physically so i mean last i expected a tough girl um she was tough she kept coming i expect the same i expect her to know a little bit be a little bit more educated on me now um i'm prepared for that i'm prepared for her too i got to feel her i got to you know be more familiarized with uh the person she is her energy her techniques stuff like that. I know things are going to improve. She's going to get things that she did well on. She's going to capitalize on, etc. So, I mean, I think it's going to be an, uh, an even better fight uh, than the first one, even though it was cut short. Uh, we both are more aware of each other. So it's going to be a little tougher on both of us. Yeah. And I just love your approach to the game, like a very cerebral analytical approach and seemingly in a few different roles. Like I saw you were cornering Melanie Shaw for, her relatively recent title bid. Like, what was that whole experience like, just getting to kind of, I guess, impart your knowledge of the sport in that sort of context, I guess? Yeah, that was fun. Um, they called me in just a corner. I didn't train her at all, so I wasn't able to, you know, help her on that that uh, end of things. But to be able to support her and give her a little bit of mental boost and some some experience on my end from what, what I've gained uh, was fun. You know, it was it was cool. It was, it was amazing to watch someone prepare for that, for that week, you know, one of the few days I was there and to watch them go through that and, um, you know, just the bravery and the, and the ups and downs and the doubts and then the confidence and then, you know, getting in there. It's amazing to watch and it makes me look forward to, um, I don't want it now, but when I'm a coach and I retire, you know, um, that's going to be amazing to watch these young athletes and these these women or men, if I train men, um, just go through that and just go through it with them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, many more fights to be had, but I feel like that'd be a role you would excel in. And something I kind of saw within that, you know, cornering of Melanie Shaw, I guess social media comments around that time. I don't know if I misconstrued this but maybe it seems like you've buried the hatchet with Britain Hart I saw a couple comments that seemed of kind of like a playful variety like are you guys on good terms yeah <laughs> well we we're very competitive me and that girl and uh, we had we were at a show at, at one point um, a few months back and someone we, someone got us to talk <laughs> so we kind of I guess buried the ratchet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're cool. Um, we're different weight class. 
Texas, so I'm sure if we ended up in the same weight class again, we'd be at each other's throat. But right as of right now, yeah, we're good. We're um, we're not the best friends in the whole world, but we're we're not enemies right now. <laughs> no, just fun to see. It seems like derivative of how you, I guess, generally approach a lot of stuff like that. Like I feel like another example of that could be like you know Taylor Starling, like some of the work I've seen you guys have after previously having fought so love to see it yeah thank you yeah it's, it's good it's a sport and we all take it to a serious level sometimes sometimes <laughs> we all get carried away we're all very passionate i get very passionate just like at the end of the vet fight i was like cool with her like before i'm you know i i do i dig into a dark side of me during a camp like right now i don't like her i don't want to see her succeed i don't want to see her fall on her face from a punch you know like I feel all of it's very real. But after the fight, that'll disappear for me. I don't know how I do it, but it happens. I don't know how I learned how to turn that switch on and off, but it does. But I do have a switch that is there and it's very real. And I want to break her down mentally, emotionally, physically, in every way I possibly can. And anybody that signs the line to fight me is going to get that same energy every time. Yeah, it seems like you're very analytical in a lot of ways. Like, just even just really picking up on just aspects of their life, maybe even like beyond the fighting and whatnot. So yeah, it seems like you really analyze that part. But like you were talking about the preparations and it seems like the classic, you know, hard knocks Muay Thai work is being had. Love to see that. But it seemed like there was maybe like a touch of cross training going on in the sense of I saw you with Cody Durden at ATT Team Lima. So like, can you talk about some of the preparations for this fight? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've been in the Muay Thai gym. I've been, <clears throat> you know, I've been in, um, that's, Muay Thai made me, Muay Thai made me tough. Muay Thai is my, is my room, you know? So being around that environment, that conditioning, that toughness, that, that mentality, I, I never want to lose it. Um, but then I, I sprinkle it with, uh, um, boxing and I have my boxing, you know, my boxing guy, I have, um, my fighting guy you know i have a fighting guy i have a boxing guy i have uh my boy tie guy i have several different people that i i feed off of a lot i feed off of a lot of great people strong men strong women and that's what i surround myself with elite business women and men and elite athletes elite coaches elite mindsets people that push me people that test me people that um help me become a better person a better athlete a stronger person and a stronger athlete i just that's what i surround myself with um i I also have a a sports psychologist mentalist the mentalist that i use i have a nutritionist that i use (laughs) every i have the i have a specialist in each thing i want for for my mind, for my body, for my emotions, for my my game plans. I have everything covered in that. And that's why everything that I make goes back, is reinvested in in this. It's not like people are like, you know, you make all this money. I'm like, dude, I put back it all into the sport. And that's the nutritionist and the coaches and everything. Um, I want to be the best and that's what it takes. I'm 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 not the best in everything. So I have to go to the best to get to be the, to try and make myself the best in my opinion yeah i get what you're saying it's just cool to see that journey from like that first muay thai fight circa 2008 in san francisco yes oh, yeah yeah that's 
insane. Yeah, the first fight over there was, that was pretty crazy. That was just me straight off, you know, the streets pretty much. <laughs> you know, not knowing how to handle myself, not knowing how to, I probably smoked a cigarette and had Jack in the Box the night before or something. <laughs> you know, it was just, you know, just crazy, you know, craziness. I was just a wild kid and did what I wanted. <laughs> I was gonna say it kind of sounds like that Kazushi Sakuraba diet, like maybe a dart or two before the fight. Yeah, I'm definitely nachos, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else I found cool. Just talking about, I mean, I guess people noticing the championship level effort you put into all the facets of the game. I actually saw Ernesto Hoost give you a shout out on a post. I think it was like a few weeks ago. I thought that was really cool. It seemed like you kind of thought the same. Oh my god, I love Ernesto. I studied Ernesto one in my Muay Thai career. It'd be the jab, right to the, uh, jab, uh, jab, right, um, liver shot, then that, that right kick. Man, I used to study that and practice that over and over. I loved him. Then when he fought Bob Sapp, I just, I loved him. And then when he commented on my stuff, he actually sent me a video a couple years ago. Someone knew I loved him, and he sent me a video, told me he'd do well in my fight. I was just so hyped. Ernesto Hoost is a legend. He's an amazing fighter. I talked to him on and off. He's great. You know, I love Ernesto. Yeah, for sure. I mean, such a legend, and it just shows, like, a cool facet to martial arts. And as far as, like, you're doing great things and inspiring people on the come up, and, you know, he inspired you. It's just a cool sort of, like, connectivity to see just the different generations and, you know, who can inspire who and everything. Yeah, absolutely. He will always inspire for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, an absolute legend. But I guess in terms of, I guess, redirecting the focus to the rematch here, like it seemed like when you were talking about things initially, it seemed like you gleaned a decent amount from the first fight and obviously not, you know, dipping into the strategy per se. But do you maybe have a certain, I guess, predominant visualization for how you see this fight playing out, like relative to what you took from the first fight, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, of course I can't re release anything at this point. Uh, I, I I have several different game plans on several different levels of, from several different people. You know, I don't just go with one. <laughs> you know, I have several. From some, some one coach knows one, another coach knows another. I don't know. In this game, it's crazy. You don't know who knows who around here. So if one game plan isn't working, I'm going to switch to another. If one game plan isn't working, I'm going to switch to another, just like Mayweather says champions adjust you need to be able to adjust on the on the drop of a dime you know so i i keep a very open mind i keep um everything very open i don't know how she's going to show up i don't know we don't know she doesn't know how i'm going to show up you know so she could have a game plan and, and stay away from it she could have a game plan and stick with it we nobody knows until that night I could punch her in the mouth and she can get dazed and she might fight different the whole fight. And vice versa. So, I just keep a very open mind and well. Yeah, and it seems like kind of derivative of what we were talking about before and as far as like focus on what's within your immediate control because like you said, what she does isn't in your control and you have to be adaptable. Right. right. Yeah, I do. Um, although, when I get in there, I will control things. You know, I will control things at, you know, when it, when it, whatever pops up. But as far as the game plan, I have several. 
Yeah, and it seems like you're, I mean, if you get your ideal outcome here, for sure, it seems like you're trending to perhaps get the fighter of the year again, as you did last year. It seems like that's a thing that at least motivates you to a certain degree. Like, and as far as, like, the making history, it seemed like last fight you had really made a lot of history, too, just, like, the amount of finishes you have and just so many accolades there. So, yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would love to get that. I want to get the first knockout, the first sleeper. Nobody slept anybody. None of the women has slept anybody. So I've, I really have, have been working on some stuff to get that to get that done this year. <laughs> and you had a post that kind of fired me up. Like you were talking about how you're hearing, I guess, certain rumblings out there from like coaches and I guess bare knuckle fighters that are maybe like waiting it out until you decide to I guess leave the competitive space and you're like oh I'm gonna stay here with this belt until I'm 180 years old and someone better beats me for it <laughs> yeah if they want to wait and they want to wither away then go ahead I'll still beat them when I'm 180 <laughs> yeah I, I guess I had one of my one of my I'm not gonna reveal who it is but um I had somebody contact me uh very the person that doesn't need wouldn't need to lie or do anything. She's like, I heard over heard some people in Florida talking. I was sitting at a restaurant or something like that. I don't know if she was at a fight or something. And um, yeah, instead of her two fighters saying that, saying that they were gonna wait, like tell I'm gone, like she's getting old. Which is we'll just we're just gonna wait till she's gone. That's the biggest. That's the most bitch shit I've ever heard in my life. And I hope that they. Never lose weight when they weight cut. <laughs> and I hope that they have the hardest weight cuts of their life every single time they try to cut weight. And I hope that everybody beats them from this point on. I put the misfit curse on them right now, whoever it is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a fair way to feel. It seems like antithetical to your mindset of like really wanting to, I guess, face the best people possible so you can level up and everything like that like and, and, and probably there'd be a certain level of frustration that would come from like the inactivity just people not wanting the fight so yeah i mean i get what you're saying yeah yeah they need to level up then get better get better coaches bro invest in yourself stop taking cheap coaches because you just want to be on tv go get yourself a nice good coach work hard for him or her and level up that seems to be a thread for you. Like, it seems like you've maintained, like, certain, like, core people in your circle over the years. Like, obviously, you put a tremendous amount of individual effort, but how much of that is a benefit to kind of have you grounded and everything? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had my share of different coaches and um, different people. I like different approaches. Um, things happen with coaches. They have too many fighters or um, they start slacking and they're not, you know, doing what I think they need to be doing at a champion level, I'm, I'm not going to have you around. You know, people get comfortable, and I don't allow that. You start to get comfortable, I'll give you a couple chances, then I'll let you go. And um, it's just it, it's just the way it is. Um, but I, I do have, you know, my family, and I have long-time friends that will always be with me, win or lose, uh, that keep me grounded and keep me humble and remind me. Uh, yeah, you're good, but you're, you're, there's always someone out there trying to take what's yours and always hungry. Yeah, I remember you talking about that after your last fight and the last time we talked, just how important it is to kind of spend that time with family after the camp and everything like that. So, yeah, that's great. I feel like that would be a good way to kind of, 
I guess decompress a bit because like we were talking about like the high intensity emotions related to fighting and what you're looking to do out there I would think it would be like a good sort of maybe cathartic balance would be the way to phrase it like after the fights yeah you have to there's like a like I, I, I seclude myself a lot you know and I like I stay in by myself I don't I move out of my house I move in a room or Airbnb just by myself you know I'm not I, I really do Marvin Hagler it you know just lock myself away and it's it's a it's a dark place so you know um with little support a day and night you know i have to depend on myself i go in that ring by myself um so i have to learn to depend on myself in every way although i do lean on my people um when i'm in training and, and stuff like that and but i do have to dig within myself to you know and when i especially when i'm in there if i get dropped or I'm getting hurt or I'm getting worked or I can't breathe or something I gotta learn to dig within myself in there and that happens that doesn't just happen for when you say it okay let me okay I'm gonna dig no you have to practice being uncomfortable like that saying get comfortable being uncomfortable and that's what I am my entire camps I'm uncomfortable I push myself to be uncomfortable I'm sore every day I'm stressed out. I'm um, learning how to calm my stress, do my yoga in between, doing stuff to learn how to deal with positions that suck every single day. Yeah, and it definitely comes across in the performances for sure. And, you know, kind of losing track of time here, Christine, my apologies. I mean, I feel like you've got such a great mind for the game. I always want to ask you you know, tons of questions, but I do want to be respectful of your schedule too. So do you maybe have any final parting thought you'd want to add as we're sort of wrapping things up here? Oh, no, sorry. If you just maybe had any final parting thought you'd like to add as we're kind of wrapping up. Um, no, I just, uh, no, I just, I just tune in for the fight. You know, I plan on fighting extremely hard and, um, you know, may the best one win. Yeah, it's a tremendously exciting fight on what is a very stacked event, like to a scale of a lot of people saying it could be the biggest event in company history. And I certainly think this Beck Rawlings rematch is one of the super intriguing fights on the card. So definitely excited to see all that go down at BKFC 56 on December 2nd. But thanks so much for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio. Christine, looking forward to peeping the fight when it goes down. But until then, you have a good rest of your day. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays, if you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing, $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys.